We know that a vaccine for COVID-19 is probably still a year and a half away. But could a small British startup have a solution that stops people dying in the meantime? We are actually a small UK biotech company that's trying to face one of the biggest healthcare challenges that we've ever faced. And could the trial of it in Italy spell hope for life returning to normal in the UK? If those on ventilators are less likely to die, then obviously that's a great thing. And this is one of many drugs that are hoping to do exactly that. And in doing so, find a way that the world's health services can avoid collapse. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the search for a remedy. We meet the man behind a vital coronavirus drug trial in Italy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You've probably heard of a few different solutions to the coronavirus crisis, Hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. Today, we wanted to try to understand some of them. And to do this, we need to get a bit sciencey. We don't have time to go and say, gee, let's take a couple of years and test it out. And let's go and test with the test tubes and the laboratories. At the age of 30, Sumit Sidhu is part of some rather hopeful new developments. He's the co-founder and CEO of Izana Bioscience. We're a small UK biotech company that's now just launched our first clinical trial in severe COVID patients in Italy. If we have any possible chance of helping those great heroes on the front line, we should do everything we can to help. There are a few medical strategies to tackle COVID-19. There's the vaccine, and I think everybody realises that that is ultimately the holy grail. We've looked at the search for a vaccine in a previous episode. Do go back if you want more detail. A vaccine would halt the spread of the virus, but most scientists agree that a viable version is at least 18 months away. I think it's pretty clear that our world is not going to be normal until we get a vaccine, but there are a lot of things that can be done before then. Tom Whipple 
is The Times science editor. If we can make coronavirus less severe, then it means that the NHS is far less likely to be overwhelmed. It means that our tolerance for how many people can get this is itself increased. This cost-benefit trade-off we can start saying, well, we can take slightly more risks on spreading it because we know we're better able to cope with what happens when it does spread. And that might mean that, yeah, we can get some semblance of normality before the vaccine comes along. But how do you make coronavirus less severe? How do you stop it killing people? Somit Sidhu says there are three methods to treating coronavirus whilst we're still waiting for a vaccine, and they roughly follow the natural course of the illness. So, method one. Antivirals, and that's kind of trying to attack the virus itself. So in the first, say, seven to ten days, the majority of people get a viral illness, a flu-like illness, and the majority of people get better completely and return to full health. Now, in that period, it seems to be that there are great efforts to attack the virus using antiviral therapy and various other ways of trying to attack the virus itself. So antivirals are one possible treatment, but how do they work? Tom Whipple can explain. Antivirals are different, interfering with the things that viruses do. There are treatments developed for HIV, which interfere with a viral life cycle, which might work. HIV is one kind of virus, and this interferes with an enzyme that the HIV virus uses to replicate itself. So when it hijacks your cells and takes over the cellular machinery, it then uses an enzyme to construct copies of itself. And if you can interfere with that, then obviously you make it a lot less effective. And so the hope is that these particular drugs might also interfere with the enzymes used by coronavirus. And then there are other ones that might stop them from being able to enter the cells so easily. And all of these different drugs that are just trying to blunt different stages of the viral life cycles. Things like the one people have been talking about, this malaria medication. The other thing that we've bought a tremendous amount of is the hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine got quite controversial. Weirdly, it's become part of the culture wars with Donald Trump saying that chloroquine is going to save everyone and other doctors saying, but hang on, it's got side effects. The data are really just at best suggestive. There have been cases that show there may be an effect and there are others to show there's no effect. So repurposing antivirals that already exist to fight other viruses is an option, although we still don't have definitive proof that it works. But what else are scientists looking at to fight the coronavirus? Method two. This is quite ghoulish, but blood plasma. Now, this is fascinating because apparently one of the firms that President Trump wanted to send over to help Boris Johnson is looking into this. How does this work? It does sound ghoulish. So, it is, and it's been used as a... I mean, it's a pretty desperate form of treatment for obvious reasons, but it has been used with other viruses, with Ebola and even with Spanish flu. And the idea is quite simple. If you've had the disease and recovered from the disease, then you probably are immune to the disease. And so... That means that you're making antibodies in your blood that will attack the disease when it pops up. 
And so why not just take someone's blood that's got these antibodies in, screen it for other diseases, obviously, inject it into someone, and hopefully you get a shot of their antibodies. It's not going to give you immunity. but Those antibodies are going to disappear, but it'll give your immune system the boost of their immune system and hopefully, again, just for the most severe cases, make them more likely to survive. So blood plasma from someone who's recovered from COVID-19 might provide a temporary boost to people who are very sick. And it was whilst looking at the very sick that doctors realised there might be a whole new way of saving lives lost to coronavirus. Method three, fighting the immune system. There is a small but significant group of patients that go on to form an overactive immune response to the initial viral infection. And that's where we see a rapidly deteriorating patient that goes usually into hospital and then may deteriorate further into critical care and possibly requiring ventilation. What we are trying to do is to uh, add a tool in the armory of the, of the doctor trying to treat that patient. And that's what we are now putting under rigorous testing. But if that comes to bear, then I think this could have you know, a significant impact. It's those rapidly deteriorating patients, the ones found in ICU or on ventilators, for whom Sumit's solution could be a game-changer. A drug such as the one that we are trialling has the potential to delay or prevent the rapid deterioration we're seeing caused by this overactive immune system. So the first method of fighting COVID-19 uses antivirals to attack the virus itself. The second uses a temporary boost of antibodies. The third, and perhaps the most surprising approach, is to fight the body's own immune system. As counterintuitive as that sounds, doctors found that in the most severe cases, people seem to be experiencing what's known as a cytokine storm. As Tom Whipple explains. This is very interesting because it means that the real enemy isn't actually the virus, but yourself. It's about your response to the virus. The immune system goes into overdrive and it sends out these things called cytokines, which are chemical messengers that say we've got a problem here, there's an infection, we need to deal with it, and they muster the forces of the immune system. And then they come along and they start trying to deal with it. But sometimes the cure can be worse than the malady. And as your blood vessels dilate to get more cells to it, as all of these uh, immune cells rush in, they can increase the buildup of fluid in the lungs and actually end up becoming the thing that causes damage. A bit like when people have fires and they complain that the hoses of the firemen have done more damage than the fire itself. Well, this is sort of what's going on inside your body. And as your immune system effectively just goes berserk, it can open the way to other secondary infections as well. And you can end up with organ failure and sepsis and bacterial infections in other parts of your body. That's what's happening inside the body when people are taking a turn for the worse. So if in the most severe cases, patients were treated with drugs that suppress their immune responses, then it might just save their lives. None of these are going to be cures in the sense that you'll take them and that'll be it, but they might just blunt the edge of the virus and to an extent that's all we need. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A few weeks ago, Sumit Sidhu, working on a rheumatoid arthritis medication, started to realize that the drug could help fight COVID-19. The company was the brainchild of myself and my chairman, Brian Morton, who's a very experienced biopharma entrepreneur who's spent a lifetime in, in big pharma and now come out into the sort of more entrepreneurial side of things. I would say he's the, the wise head and I'm the young legs. After a short stint at a consultancy following med school, Sumit sat down with Brian, the wise head, and they had an idea. We basically sat around his kitchen table about four or five years ago and drew out a plan on a piece of paper. Uh, and that plan has taken us this far. It was a pretty romantic conception of the business initially. And we've kept it as a very small but highly experienced team. And hopefully we're working on some very impactful things together. That's how it came about. But that idea, developed whilst huddling around the kitchen table, wasn't about coronavirus at all. It was for rheumatoid arthritis. Well, rheumatoid arthritis is the most common form of arthritis and it affects over 25 million people globally. It's also a disease where there is a significant number of patients that don't have a viable treatment option. So this is a very important drug potentially in that space. Now what we're looking at in the face of what we are having to address in this current global climate we are looking at its applicability in a more acute setting where there is possibly an immune overdrive that seems to be happening in patients with a severe form of COVID-19 infection. Although the trials to test this drug's impact on coronavirus are still underway, so we can't be sure that it will definitely be effective, Tom explains how the science behind it is thought to work. 
They've developed these antibodies that help with rheumatoid arthritis. Now, rheumatoid arthritis is partly due to inflammation in in the, the joints, and inflammation is linked to the immune system being overexcited. And this particular therapy they use attacks growth factors, which help the production of white blood cells. And the idea is that these might also be implicated in an overactive immune response to coronavirus. And so what they want to do is tamp down that overactive immune response and find a way to alleviate some of the worst symptoms so that the body can recover better and so that you don't get this inflammation and fluid on the lungs that is so dangerous. So the cases that make it into ICU, into intensive care, is that usually a case of your immune system basically overreacting to the virus? Yeah, the idea is if you can ensure that the people who are in the worst situation have a higher chance of survival, if they're less likely to need ventilators, if those on ventilators are less likely to die, then obviously that's a great thing. And this is one of many drugs that are hoping to do exactly that. And in doing so, find a way that the world's health services can avoid collapse. There are a number of drugs that can help suppress the immune system. But this one is thought to be particularly useful in the fight against COVID-19. So much so that although the drug was still only in the final stages of clinical trials and it could still be a few months away from getting the green light from regulators, it's already being rolled out in Italy in the areas worst hit by coronavirus. So it's a compassionate use trial, which means emergency access was granted to this drug, which is an investigational therapy. And the way that came about was that we were approached by a very eminent professor in Italy in the Humanitas Hospital Group, Professor Carlo Selmi. We then provide that drug for free, and then it will be used by Professor Selmi in treatment of patients who he believes to be eligible for this therapy. And is that very much the epicentre of the Italian crisis? Yeah, so we're in a two-centre trial in both Milan and Bergamo. So I think that is very much where we're seeing a lot of cases. And we're very fortunate to be able to send this drug to a professor who both understands uh, a lot of the biology and has significant experience in treating these patients as well. But one of the critical steps is to be able to produce enough drug to help as many people as possible. And that's true for any drug that can work in this scenario, not just for ours. If this drug does get the go-ahead for treating COVID-19 patients around the world, then this little British startup is going to need to mass-produce their drug at an extraordinary scale in record time. So there are huge demands and huge supply pressures, and we're seeing that across the board with a lot of drugs, actually. So we have plans in place to be able to scale up this manufacture. But I think until we know that this drug is safe and effective for patients with severe infection, we can't say too much around what that looks like. But I think it is going to be an important issue that we have to come together with people from all kinds of sectors to try and help on. The tests are still ongoing and we can't be sure yet if this drug will be a safe solution for treating patients with severe forms of COVID-19 but it is being taken very seriously. And it's not a drug from a big international company. In the middle of it all is a tiny team. 
So there's a kind of a crazy CEO, I guess, and co-founder in me that is always moving at a thousand miles per hour. And then I think I'm very lucky actually to be surrounded by some very experienced people that have a great deal of knowledge and experience in drug development in this space, in regulatory interactions. And it's because of that team effort that we're able to achieve what we achieve. It's a combination of that youth and vibrance and ability to push probably harder than we should and undergo those sleepless nights combined and blended with the experience of people that have really had great impact on the world, such as our leadership team have in previous roles and previous experiences. That blend, I think, is what really gives us the strength and the ability to do hopefully what we are able to do and launch trials in a very short space of time, such as what we've seen in Italy, which we initiated a few days ago, was really a mammoth effort, but it did require everybody to work at the edge of every kind of ability that we have. In the last fortnight, since this small team was propelled into the middle of a global pandemic, dealing with international regulators and multinational companies, they've also had to deal with the perils of working from home. There have been some moments where you get a bit of a reality check. And I think I had one a few days ago where I was on a 20-person phone call with a a collaborator and my mum walked in unknowingly to the video chat I was having and put some fruit on the table, at which point I had to stop the call and introduce 20 people to my mum. And she's probably wondering why I've not been sleeping for eight or nine days. But even my family's pulling together here to support, which has been great. So, yeah, it's been tough. But the challenge that we are faced with is even tougher. So as much as we can do is still not enough. So we will continue to work as hard as we possibly can. So meet Sidhu and his company, Azana Bioscience, are hoping to make a difference. Could this pandemic help scientific innovation? Tom Whipple. In terms of new discoveries, I think the biggest thing that will come out of this will be something a little more, more intangible. It will be a world that will have a far better idea about how to respond to a big viral pandemic in the future. We'll have learned some of the shortcuts for doing this. This isn't going to greatly change our understanding of viruses themselves. They're extremely well understood. But it is going to maybe change our understanding of how to collaborate and work across the world in ways that mean we can defeat them and, crucially, defeat them fast. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Sumit Sidhu, the CEO of Izana Bioscience, and the Times science editor, Tom Whipple. You can read more of Tom's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer today was Edward Drummond, the executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Leo Hornack, music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review. You can subscribe now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. And in these uncertain times, if you want more information about coronavirus, you can access expert analysis and all the latest developments with The Times' dedicated daily newsletter. You can sign up for free at thetimes.co.uk slash coronavirus.